Welcome to Binge or Purge Streaming Reviews. I am your host, Demo. My co-host is Joe Taylor. This is episode 65. Welcome back. Good to see you, Demo. Good to see you, Joe. Real quick, I don't want to harp on it because we're always talking about this damn show. But I said we would let listeners know, so we're letting them know right now, Cobra Kai Season 3 is coming to Netflix January 8th. I saw that, and I also saw, say, the second part of the news. And has already been picked up for season four. Great. So there you go, everybody. All you Cobra Kai fans out there, good news. It's coming back sooner than later, and then coming back for more after that. As it should. Yes. All right. Joe. Demo. Guess what? Tell me. We have a guest today. I know that, and I'm actually very excited about it. Yes, it is. Jeffrey Johnson. And I'm going to say up front, this guy's a renaissance man. This guy does everything. Now, he's got a movie we're going to discuss specifically called Captain Black. It's streaming right now on Amazon Prime. We're already telling you right now it's going to be a binge. Yeah, we both watched it. We both loved it. Yeah. You want to welcome him and uh, say hi, Jeffrey? Thanks for coming. Jeffrey, (laughs) welcome to Binge or Purge. Hey, what's happening, fellas? Thanks for being with us, man. We appreciate you taking the time. My pleasure, man. Thanks for the invite. I appreciate you. Yeah, you got it. Now, let's get right into the movie. Captain Black, you wrote it, you directed it, you produced it, you star in it, you even did the music for it, you sang the the theme song. Right, right, right. That was, uh, yeah, that, that, I, yeah, I wore a lot of hats. Um, but, you know, just just because the, the, the one credit that, that, that was weird for me is that I produced it. Because, I mean, yeah, I produced it, but I, I very much co-produced it. I okay. got a, I got a kick-ass producer who did all the lines work for me you know what i mean and uh so yeah i've got a credit as a producer but um but i was just trying to focus on on directing more than anything else and uh because i knew kind of how i wanted to act in it and i just wanted to make sure that i was like directing the set is different than directing yourself so um yeah a lot of hats and a lot of credits but uh some of them might be kind of cheap yeah. now what was your out of all those different hats because you know demo and i have uh messed around with some filmmaking before too. And what was the thing that you were the least excited to do or least comfortable with? Was it like the, the operations and the logistics of it all? Yeah. And that's why like you just pretty much hired that stuff out. So, you know, if you, you get, you get people to take care of that so you don't have to worry about it. In fact, like those would be conversations we'd have like with, with some of my UPMs be like, don't you worry about this. You just focus on the scene. We'll take care of the logistics for you, which was great. So, uh, I mean, I had a really good team. That, that's that's the thing I learned really quick about directing a feature is that it's very much a team sport. And like, I'm not like the Coen brothers or Terrence Malick where I've got a, a specific vision on every single thing. I was very much happy to let other people take care of their department. I'd like to be the captain, for lack of a better word, of this team. And I like this team a lot. Now you worked with, I just have to throw in a nerdy uh, production comment here. You worked with Brooks Kephart who's worked on some yeah. incredible indie movies, uh, Ingrid Goes West and some other stuff. So it seems like you were probably in really good hands from a production standpoint. Absolutely. He, and he's the producer that I mentioned earlier. He, um, We met on a different small film, and I, I, I just saw the way he was operating. He was doing so much, working his tail off. 
And then um, when I had the idea to make Captain Black, I just kind of sat him down and I said, hey, you know, let's just have a beer, just need some advice. And um, as we were talking about it, and as we were talking about like what it would entail and how long it might take and what kind of budget we'd have, he's like, I'm available. I could, I could do this. I could be your guy. And I'm like, that'd be great because we already had a head start. And he went right to work, put a budget together for me, put a schedule together for me. And, and all of a sudden he presented me with this thing. And I'm like, Let, let's go. I'm like, beautiful. And he hired all the right people and pointed me in all the right directions to put out a lot of fires. You know, and you think of the word producers, like they produce fixes, they produce solves, they produce answers. And he, he was great at that. That's awesome. Well, it really came through. The movie was really well put together. And I'm, I'm a huge fan. Demo will tell you this. I love, I, I worship at the altar of Duplass and I love um, sure, yeah. <laughs> indie movies and stuff. And to see what you guys did uh, was so cool for, for being just kind of a, I mean, it was a true Indies, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you hear like the Duplass brothers, it's like, after this was made and we went on the, the film festival circuit and whatnot, that's the kind of reference I got all the time. People love those guys. Cause yeah, they're just, yeah, the true independent spirit, just making it happen any way they can. So I have to say captain black, not what I was expecting. And yeah. I say that in, in the best way possible. Cause I was like, Oh, we're going to do a superhero thing. Is that what we're getting here? Another superhero take. And no, it is not that at all. And thank you. This was uh, something that grabbed me. It took me on a, on a ride that I didn't know where it was going. And it's, and when it was over, I was like, wow, it was, it was, a, it was an emotional thing, man. You, uh, you got me really into it. Well, that's great. And I appreciate that. Cause that, cause that's not for everybody. See, like, yeah, I, I had the same kind of experience that you did with it. I'm like, Oh no, I, this is the kind of movie I like, but like not everyone does. Some people want some answers. And even, even the fact that we had to put the, like a comic book character on the poster I kind of wrestled with because I'm like I just didn't I didn't want people to think that you know this was about a superhero I just want I wanted it to be more about a guy right see that's what I thought I was getting a superhero movie and yeah. I didn't and I was happy that I didn't what, what can I say I was surprised and thrilled yeah and I like that too but, but, but there, there are plenty of people who are surprised in the opposite direction and hated it really um, yeah, yeah, oh, screw sure. them I mean there always yeah. is I mean everything's not for everyone I get that I used to live with the guy that did comic book art. So I have a little bit of awareness as to how hard that is. How did you come up with all the fantastic comic book art for this thing? Did you have a friend that does that or something? What inspired that? Yeah, I had a guy that I worked on. Again, again, I worked on a different film with this guy named uh, Sean Piela, Spanky Piela. And he did um, some comic artwork for a film I did called Good Grief. And again, so when I was putting this thing together, I didn't even know what Captain Black was going to look like. I, I just told him the story. I told him that, you know, the guy was going to get kind of obsessed with this Captain Black character. And we went to a bar, we had a couple of beers, and we, he just started sketching. And, like, I wasn't sure if he was going to be a fedora and long coat kind of guy or if he was going to be a super muscly kind of cape-type dude or whatever. You know, he, he would just send me some sketches, um, and I'd say no or yes, and then we just kind of we just kind of walked through with, with him and uh, the Kid Fixin character. And it was great. Like, all of a sudden, I'm like, whoa. What if we put him in a beret? So, yeah, I can... And I'm like, Why yeah. Not? And then, then, then it's like, it'll be a backstory because then he's a captain and he was in the army and he got dishonorably discharged. And you're like, oh, so just just by the creating of the of the image, we gave him all this kind of backstory, which was really fun. So what was the inspiration behind the story itself? Where did it come from? You know what? I'm not even sure, man. Which is so <laughs> 
Fair enough. That's what we First love of all, to hear, this is man. Not autobiographical. Okay. In, in, in that's my big sport. question. Did this happen yeah. to you? Or no, like, no, no, okay, not okay. Really. Are you not on the case. run? Are you yeah. on the lamb? <laughs> yeah. Am I, am I like hiding out in Missouri someplace? No, it's nothing like that. I see. I'm not like a disciplined writer. I, I don't get up every day and write for eight hours, and 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 you collect these stories. But this this little germ of an idea kept nagging at me and i just kept writing it and and then it was done and i'm like oh that's great and i'm like well let's go ahead and make it um i've been to plenty of uh halloween parties where people make out with total strangers but um but never to this kind of extent where, where he goes down the rabbit hole that he does yeah oh man that's like the worst trick-or-treat ever <laughs> right <laughs> oh. <laughs> but also great supporting cast yeah i liked your neighbor the kid yeah, was he nice? Yeah. A lot of the cast was uh, friends of mine, because I've been in town long enough that I got really good, good, talented actors. But there's a couple of roles that I wanted to not know the person. So, yeah, the kids I didn't know. And, uh, yeah, that, that kid's name is uh, Nico, Nico David? I Nico David, yeah. That's, we got yeah, your yeah, IMD yeah. Up, IMDb um, up in front. Nice kid, too. So I auditioned the kids, and I auditioned uh, the, the Kid Vixen character, Maria. But otherwise, the, the, the cast were friends that I just called in a favor. Some of these people, like... They're well beyond uh, ultra low budget set experience. But, you know, I told them what I was doing. They're like, you know, you're my friend. I want to be part of it. Sign me up. Charlie Koontz was great. He's so funny. He's one of my my, my dear friends. And, and I, I loved him in that. And I'm glad he was available. I'm glad he wanted to do it. He was, he was so on board. And uh, I remember him t- telling his reps about it. And, and they're like, what, what do you mean this independent film? Because he'd been, you know, been a lead on CSI Cyber and, and you know, he's on Community. And he's got these great credits. He's a great actor, a great friend. And I remember yeah, him just telling his reps, like, you got to come to set. This is a legit thing. It's not just some stupid, crappy piece of piece of trash. This is, they're going for it. That's a cool thing. It seems like independent filmmakers, um, as people start to come up, you know, faster than other people, it does seem like most people in this town are cool with doing something a little bit, um, you know, more indie than what their job is. It seems like there's a good, like, community vibe around here. Yeah, hopefully, you know, and, and it's and it's like I said, like these are my pals. Like, like you know, people like Mackenzie Aston came in and did a, a day for me. He didn't have to do that, but he's like, yeah, I, I want to be, I want to be part of your your thing. Like John Percello and 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 Parvesh and and Daryl Stevens. These and these guys are names, but they uh, but they're also friends, and that was really clutch. And I was thrilled to to have their talents for a day. Awesome. Well, it really came together well. We we loved it. Nice. It definitely was uh, surprising. And how how would you, if you were going to describe it to someone who had, hadn't heard of it, how would you describe the film? Oh, what what do I say? I, I used to have I used to have the uh, the elevator pitch, <laughs> yeah, which is really tricky because you know because I just send a ramble about it. I I think we say it's a it's an indie drama about a guy who gets obsessed with a comic book and takes it a little bit too far. Okay, That's a pretty good That's log good. line. Yeah, yeah, I'm in. Yep, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> So we got to ask you about your your voiceover work. Oh yeah, you're the uh, recognizable voice of T-Mobile for a lot of their spots. Uh, yeah, you, for most of their spots. How'd you get into that? I've been with the same commercial agency for a long time, and they have a really good voiceover department. So I knew them on camera, and they were cool enough to just kind of let me come in and audition, uh, you know, as as a VO talent. Because they don't do that to everyone. They usually you need you need a resume and you need experience and whatnot. But they were cool enough to bring me in, and I was lucky enough to get a job like within the first couple of weeks. So we had this kind of hey, nothing to it vibe. I didn't get another job for a couple of years after that. But 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 they were cool to to keep me on. And yeah, I've been doing T-Mobile for eight and a half years now, which is unheard of for a guy who's not a star. Now 
the fact that like they've merged with Sprint. Are you in competition against the Sprint guy? <laughs> I, you know what? It would have been different. Yeah, if if Sprint had absorbed T-Mobile uh-huh. instead of T-Mobile absorbing Sprint, I definitely would have been out of a job. So I don't know who the Sprint guy is. Well, he used but, to be know, the I Verizon feel... guy, and he's shown his true colors with his loyalty. So, oh yeah, yeah that, 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 but he's the on-camera guy, though, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The voiceover guy was. I would love to, you know, buy him a steak dinner in one of these. <laughs> I'm the luckiest guy in town, man, because like that eight and a half years doing this is just crazy lucky. Yeah, that's amazing. That's incredible work. Now, my big thing though is I see you narrated an episode of Shark Week. Oh yeah! Yeah, right. Yeah, love Shark Week. Oh, I'm I'm a Shark Week freak, man. Love it. Oh my god, no, I love those. I um, I did like three, I think, called like I Escaped Jaws, I think it was called. <laughs> but it was so funny because I, I did my audition and then we went in to do. I got I booked the job and we're going to do it. And I'm telling these stories and they're like, Jeff, this is great. We can really hear the 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 fear in your voice. And I'm like, yeah, because this is fucking scary shit. <laughs> Wait, can I swear? I'm sorry, I meant to ask you. You that. can swear. It's cool. Don't worry. <laughs> this is scary. I'm like, I'm not acting like that. I'm talking about sharks, and sharks scare me, man. So they were. Uh, I love that gig. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, we got to ask you. Obviously, what are you working on now, or what's next, or are you on hold like everyone else? The town's really shut down. The industry's really shut down, and and it'll be really interesting to see what happens. Things are starting to perk up a little bit. A um, couple of auditions for tv shows and auditions for uh commercials but it's i mean people are still really scared and nobody wants to do it too fast and everyone wants wants to be safe i'm trying to write another story another well i mean i got the story in my mind i've got maybe a third of it finished finished and i'd love to follow that like having learned what i learned from captain black i'd love to make another one so i think i got the follow-up actually with um aforementioned charlie coons is very strongly i'm writing it for him oh Um, excellent as well as, as yeah, it's probably as, as well as Lenata Washington. If I had my druthers, I'd like to get those guys in there. Can you tease it a little bit, or is it top secret still? No, 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 not at all. It, it's very simple. My my uh, a couple of years ago, my mom sold the house that I grew up in. So me and my three sisters, we all gathered for one last weekend at, at the house, and it was really it was it was an amazing weekend. It was so emotional, it was so touching, and I thought it'd be a kind of a fun like like a big chill kind of movie. So like that's that's the thing I'm working on now. I mean, I I really should have this thing done. I mean, I'm locked in my house all the time. There's no excuse for this not to be done. Nobody has written the great American script in this lockdown, okay? Everyone <laughs> says, I'm going to do it. This yeah. is it. I've got the time. And there's, there's nothing. So don't don't beat yeah, yourself right. up. Everyone, says, Everyone say I'm they're doing it. They're language. not. I'm going to language. I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to yeah. do all that. No, I haven't done any of that. The opposite of all of it. That's what I've, I've done. I've done less. I don't know how it's possible, but I have done less with my yeah. life during this quarantine. So I'm not drinking a drink. I'm making a drink. <laughs> well, there you go. That's a good one, man. I love it anything you want to plug though where can people reach you anything you just want to get out into the world while you're here oh yeah no if if, if anyone would please watch the flick I, I, just because um yeah like like you said it surprises people and and i think people you know it, it's tough to to ask a stranger to watch a movie that they don't know anything about and, and they say that you know indie dramas are the toughest things to sell but like i went with uh with with spanky with the comic book artist we went down to comic-con last year I was just like, I was looking at all these these comic book nerd dudes, and I'm like, just trust me, this is right in your wheelhouse. I mean, I mean, yeah. I know you don't know anybody, but you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna appreciate this guy, you know, dressing up and meeting a girl, and it's very alluring. Um, and it's you know, it's an hour and a half. All I ask is an hour and a half of your time. 
Yeah, it moved along great. I mean, we've you know we've been through this with stuff we've worked on too. And the worst thing is a movie that's too long. This certainly was not too long. Right, right, right. And, and there's plenty of those, man. We went to 11. Well, I was, I was, I was in 11 film festivals. I went to about seven or eight or whatever. And you, you meet these people and you get along great. And you got common interests. It's like, great, I can't wait to see your movie. And then you're like, holy shit, there's another two hours of this thing. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> so yeah, so our editor, Tim Snell, was really good about keeping us on a, a 90 minute clip. He's like, as long as we get under 90 minutes, we'll be fine. See, that's what I argue with Joe about. I'm saying two hours or less. If yeah. you, unless it's like Titanic or some, you know, historical epic, you're wasting my time. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. keep the story on track. And if you can get it for under two hours, I'm there. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, like, like you said, if it's some epic and it needs that much time, then that's one thing. Right. But this kind of story does not need that much of your time. I have one more nerdy filmmaking question to ask you because I'm yeah. always curious. You know, they say that you, you write a movie, you shoot a movie and you edit a movie and they're all, it's all three different versions it yeah. can change a lot very true how much did your thing change how many pages was it to begin with i mean what changed over the course of production what changes is just the way you see it like um yeah it, it's very true that, that that axiom of the three different films um you never know like i didn't know what the office was going to look like i didn't know what the restaurant was going to look like i just knew it was going to be a restaurant you know and it wasn't until you get one then you figure oh that's that's how it's gonna look and then you get this team of people who can shoot it and light it and an art department and you're like oh that's fantastic and they all want to do a good job and and your wardrobe people are like oh that's perfect they, they they they're really well crafted thoughts and approaches and uh so all of a sudden you see something that you wrote that's better than you wrote it because they did a great job and then the editing process is that's painful mm. because that's when that's the whole kill your babies type thing and that's that's tricky, but you got to trust your editor and, and trust his choices. And my guy really cared. He had a lot of passion for it, which was clutch. But yeah, so sometimes it breaks your heart. Like there's this one scene in the party where Junior, the guy played by uh, Joaquin Camilo, um, he's the banana at, at the party. Oh yeah. And he has this he has this breakdown. Like you know, he just starts crying about his life, and and, and it's this beautiful monologue. He did such a nice job. And I, I just loved his performance, but the editor's like, it's got to go. It's it's just slowing the whole thing down. And I'm like, ah, oh, but it's so nice. He's like, yeah, I don't care if it's nice. It's got to go. And I'm like, oh, it's just such a bummer. But that's he was right. And and uh, Joaquin was very gracious when 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 he saw the movie. I think he, I didn't tell him. And he's like, what happened to my monologue, man? I mean, he's so sweet about it. But I'm like, yeah, I know, I know. I should have told you. It's heartbreaking. Talk yeah. to my editor. I <laughs> loved it, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, he was right, man. He was right. We loved the movie so much. Captain Black on Amazon Prime. Uh, it's only about an hour and a half. It's definitely worth a watch. Yeah, um, it's a yeah. definite binge for us. <laughs> Jeffrey Johnson, thank you so much for being on Binge Your Purge. This has been fantastic. Thank you, fellas. It was delightful. And, and, and stay cool and stay safe. You too, man. Thanks so much. Thanks, Jeff. Absolutely, guys. Right on. Now, Joe, I have something brand new to review. Okay. It is Raised by Wolves. It's an HBO Max original series. It just concluded. There are 10 episodes. They average 42 to 55 minutes each, and it has just been picked up for a second season. And this came recommended to me from listeners John and Hedia. So I want to thank them both for the recommendations. You know how much we appreciate that. You said 10 episodes, about 50 minutes each? Yes. That's a lot. It's a commitment. Okay, and? Okay. Well, hold on now. Okay. This is Ridley Scott's baby. 
Okay. He's the executive producer. He directed the first two episodes. His son, Luke, directed three more. And it's got Ridley Scott all over the place. Now, Ridley Scott, Gladiator. Alien, Blade Runner, Prometheus. I'm going to say right now, uh, his best days are behind him. Okay. Okay? And it, I'm sure he, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't admit that, but let's face it, okay? You're never going to make Alien again, no matter how many times you try. You're never going to capture Blade Runner again, even though I thought Blade Runner 2049 was a fantastic movie. Did you see Blade Runner 2049? I haven't seen either of them, and I'm probably not going to at this point. Oh, my God. Anyway, I'm not going to harp on that. It's not even it's within fine. the purview. Okay, all right, of fine, show. fine, fine. I'm just saying he executive produced that, and it was a fantastic movie. Anyway, this is his new baby. It's his first foray into television, really. And this was originally supposed to be on TNT, but for some reason they didn't use it, and HBO Max ended up taking it. So it doesn't have a ton of swearing and uh, nudity and stuff. But it's got plenty of graphic violence. Okay, it's got good. its pretty gory moments, I would say. So it gets away with the fact that it's on a streamer and they can do whatever they want with it. Now it stars people that I've never seen in anything before, which is a benefit. It's got Amanda Collin. Ah, uh, oh, here we go. Give me a second, okay? Abu Bakar Salim, Winta McGrath, and Travis Fimmel. Now Travis Fimmel apparently was on that show Vikings. Okay. I never saw any of it. People are like, oh, the Vikings guy. I'm like, it's on like I, History Channel or something weird, right? Yeah, so that's where he comes from. But really a, a cast that I've never seen in anything before personally. And then they've got this uh, kid, uh, Felix Jameson, who looks like Will Brad Pitt. Like if Brad Pitt was 10 years old, it's this kid. Just saying. Okay. Promising future for this kid. He already looks like Brad Pitt when he's 10. Yeah, he's okay. going to have a rough life, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. Now, what is this about, you may ask? Get to the point, Demo. Yeah. Okay, it's a sci-fi show. Of course it is. Right. It's about two androids called Mother and Father that are going to this uh, planet to try and establish a new community of human beings. Even though they're androids, they're going to raise kids from these embryos that they grow. So they're trying to keep the human population going because on Earth, there's been this religious war that has destroyed the planet. So everyone's trying to get off it. And these two androids are like the last fate of the human race. Mm -hmm. I know I've lost you. Yeah. Yeah, I know you're out, man. <laughs> this show started off great. Okay. I mean, it, was, it has a premise that I thought was really original. The two performances from Mother and Father, again, that's Amanda and Abu Bakar, right? Probably not. Probably but yeah. not, but yeah. Fantastic. But oh man, this show falls apart. It drags. I'm like, where are we going with this? And then when we finally get to the last episode and you want something awesome to happen, something so ridiculous happens that I'm like, I'm out. When, when they finally do their big, big ending and like, ooh, wow, this is our, you know, what is it? The, the, what do you call that thing? Not the money shot. Well, it almost literally is a money shot, but I know, drifted Trump off. card. I know I lost the Trump card. No, but when you, I came back there. You came back for yeah. money shot. I realized that it became like stuff I've seen in Prometheus or other Ridley Scott stuff. And the originality that the show had, I thought it just went to back like, oh, here's a monster for you. And I'm like, really? Yeah, I'm sorry if I'm ruining it for you, but so promising, man. Really an inventive beginning. The look is great. They shot this in South Africa. 
top-notch production value. I wonder why it didn't actually go to HBO and and they went on their streaming service. I figured maybe this could play just as well as like Lovecraft Country. Who knows? But at the end of the day, man, it was a disappointment. I will say it's got one good thing going for it. The soundtrack is by the guy who did the same music for Dark. Oh. Very haunting. Mm-hmm. Really gets you into it. Very cool. Look, he's scratching his nose. He's fixing himself a dinner over here. <laughs> what language is this show in? It's in English. Wow. And it's what English. type of animation is it? Shut up. <laughs> a little fun thing, though. Okay, I okay. watch it with the captions on. Okay? okay? Now, for some reason, when the captions are on, every time there's music playing, they put a little music icon up in the corner. And it's always on. Like a little music note or yeah. something? Let's see. I'm deaf. Oh, ooh, music. Who cares if I know music's playing or not? It's just annoying. And it just sits there the whole time. That like, is annoying. So what I did, I tweeted HBO Max. Okay. I explained to them my grievances about this. And then they responded to me the next day. And they go, thank you for your feedback on this. We appreciate it. We'll send it to the higher ups and see what they do about it. So yeah. all I'm saying is if you're watching HBO Max and you got the captions on and they finally get rid of that little musical notes icon, you're welcome. All right. Thank you, Demo. I'm sure people will appreciate that. Okay. Now- okay. I'm sorry. Okay. Before I wrap it up, 77 with the critics, audience 82 on Rotten Tomatoes. I go on Twitter. A lot of people like this show. They like the fact that it's hardcore science fiction. It's taking some risks. I applaud all that. But I got to go with the fact that when an episode ended, I wasn't super excited to get to the next one. And that's what these shows need to do. Make me want to go to the next one immediately, not go, okay, I'll watch some more tomorrow. So that's Raised by Wolves on HBO Max. You got something to say? Yeah. Now you talked about Ridley Scott for 10 minutes. Yes. It seemed like. Um, you didn't mention the creator of the show. Because I can't pronounce his last name. You uh, want to try it? It's Aaron Guzikowski. Thank you. Possibly. Possibly. Now, what did he do before? Because I was Googling this because I got so bored while you were talking. He wrote a great movie called Prisoners. Prisoners. Yeah. And he also, um, a little more recently, he did the remake of Papillion. Papillon. Papillon. Papillion. <laughs> Papillion? I didn't see it, but Papillon. I know it had I know it had the guy from Queen in it or whatever. So he's done some cool stuff. Googling that while you were again putting me to sleep, I actually kind of want to check it out now because uh, he has done some cool stuff. There's now, a lot of cool things in this. Like I'm saying, this is not a terrible show. I'm the oh, it's not. It's pretty good, but I can't really say it's worth your time because it blows it. Yeah. Now can I throw one more fun fact at Please. you? Please. Uh, he was one of the many people who at one point was trying to do that uh, Friday the 13th reboot. He was writing it for Paramount at some point. Oh. Before it got scrapped. Interesting. And it might have been good. I don't know. But there's some trivia for you. Right on. That's Raised by Wolves on HBO Max. It's a purge. (laughs) Got it. You had me at purge. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Okay. I've got a real quick one because we're running long already. But I'll do a quick one. I love... Short docuseries. Netflix usually hits it out of the park with their docuseries. There's a new one that just came out on September 16th called Challenger, The Final Flight. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with The Challenger? Oh, yeah. It's engraved in my brain. The Challenger exploding in 9-11, I mean, I'll never forget. Oh, those were two different days, just to be clear. Yes, they were two different days. But I'm saying those are the two like epic events in my life 
that I will never forget where I was when I heard about it. Every, you know, it's right there. I'll never forget. I was in band practice in seventh grade and the principal came on the announcement there saying that the space shuttle had exploded. Yeah. Now that was January of 1986. Yep. I was alive, but not old enough to remember it. But anyway, very tragic, obviously. If, if people don't know what we're talking about, they're probably very young. But uh, the space shuttle took off from Florida, exploded during launch. Uh, everyone saw it explode. This uh, goes into the nitty-gritty details. Some of it uh, very graphic right. and kind of unsettling. Things that you didn't know at the time. And no, and you don't yeah, want to know. You don't want to know. Yeah. Um, so it really goes into a lot of like what happened. And Okay, here's the thing. It's four episodes. And they're about 50 minutes long each. So this is a four-hour documentary, essentially, about something that happened 34 years ago. We all kind of already know. If you're like a uh, mechanical engineer or something, maybe this would interest you. Or if you're some kind of uh, sadist and you just want to hear about the uh, the deaths and stuff. Mm. Like, But otherwise... Do they get into Krista McAuliffe, obviously, the first school teacher in space? Yeah, they they talk about that. And obviously, that would have been such a great thing if all this had gone as planned but uh it exploded i don't know was it two minutes into launch or something like that yeah yeah Um, i just remember life magazine they did a whole thing about it and uh it's heartbreaking and they had this giant picture of krista mcauliffe in her classroom when she got the news she was going into space yeah very sad it was very sad. Uh, Sorry. Demo gets emotional sometimes, and that's okay. But here's my point. There's no reason to get emotional about this thing 34 years later. We all know what happened. It was a real tragedy. Uh, interesting fact, one of the guys in my fraternity, uh, his father was an astronaut on the shuttle. Whoa. Yeah. But anyway, um, so there's that. But other than that, there's no reason to watch this thing. It's depressing. It's sad, and if you're super into like NASA or space flight, you probably already know all this stuff anyway. They get into the O rings. Oh yeah, all all kinds of stuff. Lots of interviews. I mean, it was it was well done, I guess. But four hours or three and a half hours, uh, I don't think you should dwell on this thing. Uh, it's just too sad. There's enough actual new sad stuff happening. That right, we but need to go back and rehash it. But you would say this is the comprehensive documentary about the Challenger disaster? Oh yeah, this is a giant coffee table book come to life. Perfect. If that's what you're looking for, it's there, but uh, the average person, I've got to say this is a purge. <laughs> I feel bad booing the, uh, the Challenger explosion, but the documentary is just not worth watching. So anyway, you looking forward to anything? I am. What? Fargo. Oh. Season four. If you're listening to this, you're already deep into it. They're probably three or four episodes in. I'm already on board. It's already better than season three. Uh, Jesse Buckley, who we talked about ad nauseum about uh, I'm thinking of ending things. This is a cherry roll for her. Yeah. I would say watch it just for her performance. I started it as well. Oh, you have? I've just seen the first one. Okay. Yeah, I've obviously watched the first two. I'm going to do a full review later, but right now that's what I'm into. Okay, I got some interesting news today. Mm. Or maybe it was yesterday as we record this, but Borat 2 coming out. I saw, (laughs) yes. Why not? Sure, right? I'll take it. How does he still get away with the Borat character? Well, he does some disguises and stuff this time. Yeah, he's got to. I mean, because if you see, you know... Borat coming at you, you gotta know, right? <laughs> you gotta go the I other mean, who's, way. Who's, who's like, like, who's this person? I wonder. With the camera crew coming at me. Yeah. 
unbelievable, that guy. Um, it looks like it's going to be as offensive as the first one. So why not? Right I'll watch on. it. Awesome. The funniest thing about the trailer, watch the trailer. It's all over the place. But the funniest thing, because they make it as if it was produced in Kazakhstan. Uh, it says at the end, this film is not suitable for children under three. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was such a great joke. But anyway, so there you go. I don't know if we'll review that. It's coming straight to Amazon Prime, so it's kind of relevant to what we're doing here. We'll talk about it some other time. For sure. All right, let's wrap her up, Joe. Okay, so Captain Black. Jeffrey Johnson called in. That was awesome. Uh, that's an indie movie on Amazon Prime. Check it out for sure. Uh, Demo said something about Raised by Wolves. What'd you say? Watch I said it? it was a purge. Okay. Against my better judgment. I, ugh, I wanted to love it. I wanted to. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I had to purge. Okay. And then the, the Challenger docuseries, uh, don't watch it. It's, it's uh, a little rough. So they can find us. Facebook slash Binge or Purge. Twitter at Binge or Purge. Instagram at Binge or Purge podcast. Or email us your suggestions, please. Binge or Purge podcast at gmail.com. Like I said, when we get recommendations, we use them. So I want to once again thank uh, John and Hedia for the recommendation for Raised by Wolves. I wouldn't have watched it without you guys. I guess that's a backhanded compliment. I don't know. Yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs> and don't forget, you can follow Jeffrey Johnson on Twitter at Captain Black USA. So for Joe Taylor, my name is Demo. This has been Binge or Purge Streaming Reviews. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.